Hello, people out there, and welcome back to Joygasm, a video game movie podcast. I'm Russ, and he is Steve, and we want to wish you a happy Halloween in episode 294 today, October 26th, 2022. We're going to be getting into our topic of the day momentarily, which is Werewolf by Night review but before we do make sure you howl at that subscribe button and offer some candy to that notification bell that way you will not miss a single solitary episode of joy gasm drops once a week each week steve i thought before we would get into our topic of the day however i am reminded of the fact that um you haven't actually Talk to us about your impressions ah. of yes. Overwatch. <clears throat> yes, Two. of course. So um, I thought uh, I'd give you the floor. Ah. Yeah, great yawn there, Steve. Ah, thanks. Actually, it wasn't a yawn, Russ. Ah. Ah, sometimes I just fake it, you know what I mean? <laughs> you like do that for the camera, just like, ah. faked it. It's <laughs> <laughs> about it. Well, Russ. Uh, you know, it's hard to say really what's, um, what really makes Overwatch different besides, you know, a few little extras. I mean, you know, they, they spruce it up with a little, uh, graphics boost. Sure. Sound boost. Mm-hmm. Um, like an HDR boost. Mm-hmm. You know, you get all that stuff. Polish. Polish. Lots of polish. A little spit and shank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ooh, better. Um... And so, you know, I, 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 and then you get a couple of different game modes, you know, with the robot and the push, thunk, thunk, mm-hmm. thunk. Mm-hmm. Get a couple characters, you know, you just throw in a few characters. Three. Three, yeah. few, yeah, a couple of them. Mm-hmm. A yeah. couple beans, two feet. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, um, so, I mean, I, there's nothing to complain about, really. There's nothing to complain about, but it is just kind of like the same exact game we've always had, just right. polished. You know yes. what I'm saying? So, um, I mean, why ruin a good thing? But how do you make a great thing better? Right. You know, that and that's just kind of that conundrum. So, it's not like um, it's, uh, you know, a whole different experience. And all I just, you know, it's 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 this plus this plus this, all this, you know, grandiose stuff. It's like literally the same game just shined up. But I will say one thing, though. I really wanted them to keep the 6v6, Russ. Yes, and I agree. it's just 5v5. Yeah, I don't under really, uh, I don't understand their, their logic behind that because I agree. I prefer the yeah. 6v6. I, I just like having more yeah. heroes to shoot at, you know? Yeah. Have more heroes on your yeah. team. Yeah, it's, it's more of a, more epicness. Yeah needs to happen. I mean, so five, there's still plenty to shoot at. Mm-hmm. It's just not as much. It's not as fun with, with less people. I like, like, big team stuff. Yes. You know, like, if I'm playing Halo, it's like, oh, you want to do three on three? I'm like, no, I want to do, like, eight on eight. You yeah. know, sort of, you know I, want, I want tons of people there. And that's something that's interesting worth mentioning is, is the fact that we were used to the 8v8 on Halo, which was really epic. So when you go to Overwatch and at least the first game you had 6v6, it's like, oh, wow, okay, so we're going to be down four players. But at the same time, it, it works because the maps in Overwatch are vastly Smaller. different. Yeah. yeah. And also like like the payload, for example, sure. 
it's designed so that like it almost acts as a magnet for people to come to that one spot in order to try and either halt the payload or move the payload. So then, you know, it, it's a recipe for all of these really cool interactions as opposed to Halo, which sure. is, you know, it's, it, they have a variety of maps, but we all really love like the huge big team battle maps right. and that sort of thing. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, that's where I'm at. Um, I would say out of the three new characters, I, like the the junker queen, she seems to be a popular um, one. Yeah, I, I tried the others, and they're not necessarily bad. They're just not really my cup of tea. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, the, the the junker queen has like the um, the adrenaline um, that she can use to heal her. That's kind of it's a passive effect, which is kind of cool. You don't have to necessarily rely on a healer, although. Wait, which one? Which one does the heal? Junker Queen. No, I know, but like, what what ability are you? She talking has like about? a passive effect that'll heal her. Oh, passive. They, they call it like an adrenaline rush or something. Like, I forgot what they call it. So but, you're not um, talking about her scream that she does to make no, her body run faster temporarily. Not that one. Yeah. No, uh, that's that's a different ability. Um, but I mean, that one's cool too. You know, it kind of helps everybody out. Uh, she got the shotgun, which is pretty strong. She got about 400 hit points, which is pretty good. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, I like the whole the knife thing that she has. I like the the ultimate ne- doesn't necessarily wipe everybody out like a whole diva ultimate. But if there's a lot of people that are already hurt, I would say not full health, and you just go dashing through. With sure. Then you're probably gonna you know take everyone out. So um, yeah, I, I like playing her. Quite a bit. Um, the HDR is definitely noticeable. Mm-hmm. Like the buildings before looked pretty, kind of not necessarily static. They weren't static, but they just looked rather flat, kind of kind of shallow in a way. I've always liked the maps. I, you know, in both games, uh, all of the maps I think are just stunningly beautiful. Yeah. I love how bright they are, full of color, richness. Yeah. And Overwatch 2, to your point, I mean, it's like they give it this this upgrade right. to something that was already beautiful and to something that, that turns it even more gorgeous and uh even with the new maps like i think they've they've released six new maps with overwatch 2 mm. yes mm. i don't think we've played on all new six i don't know if we have either yes we've played a, a number of them though i would maybe say like four or five out mm. of the six. Yeah. There's probably one elusive map that we just haven't, for some reason, <laughs> been able to check out. Yeah. Um, I do wish that, and it's not a complaint, just, you know, I, back on Overwatch 1, we were always hoping for certain game types, like capture the flag. Mm-hmm. And so if it was there, we're like, yeah, all right, capture the flag. And then what else? And they were like, yeah, okay, fine, we'll do something else. But what if we wanted to do, like, for sure, like, Mayhem, for example, was always available. Or Capture the Flag was always available. And you never really know what you're going to get, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of like a, you know, what if we just want to play it all the time, you know? Yeah. Uh, and it's it still leaves it up to whoever it is to, just to rotate out the different kind of party modes. Um, but what's always there is, like, uh, you know, either Elimination or Three-on-Three three or just, like, just the the dual kind of stuff. Nothing like irregular that that's different and fun, mm. at least to me. And I wish those were there, but I mean, those are just my new little, yeah, you know, that's, that's how I think they could have helped to improve the game a little bit more, but yeah, I mean, I, and I think it's worth looking into just because we both thought it was a little surprising how they would rotate in and out these various game modes right. within the arcade mode. Yeah. And I have found, and I think you have as well, hmm. as many of our 
viewers slash listeners out there that really, I mean, I think we kind of gravitate towards specific game mode types. I know like, you know, for us, like we love capture the flag. So we'll go into arcade and we'll look to see if it's there. If it is there, then there's a very high probability. We're going to play it like 90%, 95%. But when it's not there, I mean, it's not like we really gravitate toward the other arcade game modes that they have available. Not to say that they shouldn't have them because there are clearly people who enjoy those other types of game modes. Mm. But I think it begs the question, like, like to your point, like, why don't they just have them all readily available so that no matter what your preference is, you can just play it because then otherwise it's like, oh, capture the flag's not there. Well, okay, I guess we'll play that. I'll go back to quick play or whatever. Right. Um, some of the new characters are not necessarily the new characters, but some of the old characters have some different abilities, kind of like um, Orissa, for example. She got that bow or whatever it is. Yeah, Orissa has changed dramatically, as have, um, well, well, I was gonna say, as has uh, Bastion. Bastion has changed quite a bit. His ultimate has changed. He now is mobile as he does his Gatling gun. I do feel as though Bastion is a bit <clears throat> OP. I think I prefer Bastion to be just be locked into a single place when he's in that that Gatling gun mode because he, he's just he's designed to be suppressive fire. Right. If he's mobile, where he's able to kind of maneuver around and stuff while he's doing that, I just feel like that's a little too much. I I, I think they need to rein that in a bit. Orissa has really also become more mobile because her original design was supposed to be kind of more of like this um, super tank, right? Like you, you throw down a shield, you have a lot of fire, you know, you, you're able to really kind of hold the line, so to speak. And they've gone away from that. They've taken away her shield. She still has kind of like that, that extra shell kind of skin thing that she does. Um, but then they've given her the spear, which is quite interesting, you know, and, and she's able to either throw it at people, which, I mean, I get impaled by that thing constantly by <laughs> other, uh, adversaries. And then she has other things where she's kind of spinning. And I think that's kind of a defensive move where maybe it, it absorbs gunfire while it's spinning or something. And then her ultimate is one where I think you hold it down. Like the longer you hold it down, the more damage you're ultimately going to do to people who are within your radius. And so she kind of does this little horsey, like, <laughs> and she's like, does the spin and then, you know, slams back down. And I don't know, I'm still getting used to those changes because I used to play Orissa quite a bit when we were playing defense. I, I found a lot of her, her skill sets and stuff to be really unique and cool. And she's changed so much from Overwatch 1. I'm like, man, I know she, she looks the same, but she controls and acts like, way different and i feel like she's also like more agile than before could be possibly i haven't even, i haven't played her yet since the, the game came out yeah um one thing i like though is uh from from moira mm -hmm. she can now basically self-heal before like but not like throughout a, an orb to, to heal herself but just walking around if she has damage she can just self-heal which makes perfect sense because like if you're mercy mm -hmm. that you do that uh, if you're Lucio, you do that. The th the difference though is that like I would say, especially with with in Mercy's case, Mercy doesn't really have a very good attack. She has her little pistol. It's like pew 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 pew. 
right. deep, and you can kind of do stuff versus Moira, which is like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like she clearly has more of a, a hybrid attack and heal. So, sure. so that actually I disagree with because um, I have fought against people who mm. were playing Moira. And again, it's just that it's, it's that feeling of them being overpowered where you're just like, okay, She's already this tiny frame of a character. She's not like a diva, which, oh, there's diva, you know, or, or, or Wrecking Ball or Roadhog. I mean, or even the smaller ones. I mean, like Soldier 76 is very easy to spot. Sure. Hanzo is very easy to spot. But she's so thin and slender. And she, like I was, I was playing against this one person who was just jumping around like a jackrabbit as more like, <laughs> and I was just thinking, man, if only we had like an endurance bar, I actually said this to my team. They started chuckling. I was like, if only we had like an endurance bar for each hero. So that way, like the more you move around and jump and basically act like unrealistic in a real fight. Yeah. That would deplete that to the point where you're like, Oh, I can't jump anymore. Oh no, I'm getting shot at. You know, it's like, <laughs> It's just kind of funny how, um, you know, it goes, it turns into that where everyone's just hopping around like crazy and you're just like, all right, well, so be it. I had another thing about Symmetra that was a change. So, you know, her teleports? Yes. They have nerfed that even further. Like, it's so sad because uh, Symmetra used to be just so versatile in terms of, of what her abilities were. And so that the teleporter in Overwatch One, like like if I lay down a teleporter, that thing would stay up until it blew up. Like you could keep using it, keep using it, keep using like it. Like the little guns, uh, little turrets. Well, yeah, like like, yeah. like like little turrets would stay up there until they get blown up yeah. or whatever. Um, but this one's different in the sense that it, I think it's limited by how many people use it. I think if like three or four people go through the teleporter, then it, it just like self destructs. <laughs> Which I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, when I think back to how Symmetra used to be, I mean, Symmetra used to have, remember how, like, she used to have, like, the shield thing where she'd, like, plop down that, that like, pylon-looking thing, and it would give everybody on her team, like, shields, and, like, they would stay that way until they blow up the pylon, and then, the, like, the little blue parts of everyone's health would then go away. Do you remember that? I don't. I remember it was, like, she cast out a shield cast out a shield yeah like she would throw out a shield and it would just keep traveling and you could like walk behind it oh yeah that was another one yeah then they took that away and kind of gave it to uh sigma sigma kind of has that like oh i'm gonna push that shield forward and then just let it stop where it goes and that's kind of like what they did is uh with symmetra they i feel like like they they kept taking things away from her and applying them to other like new heroes or whatever but i don't know it's just sad because She's just, she's gotten to the point where I'm like, my goodness, they've, I mean, she used to be able to put out like six guns, like those little six turrets, right? Which was awesome because it's like, okay, I put one there and there and there, whatever. They reduced that by half. <laughs> and then the teleporter thing, at least we still had that. But then now it's like, uh, like literally when I die and I respawn, I just go ahead and like requeue up the teleporter because I'm thinking, yeah, that's probably going to be gone. And sure enough, it is. And, so I don't know at what point mm. I just gotta stop them. We got they need to stop <laughs> nerfing my beloved heroes and they need to like go revisit some of those other heroes that have become way too OP. Like Sombro is another one that's become yeah, OP. Som oh my gosh. <laughs> just run around and like 
you're done. You're done. Like, what kind of gun does she have? Like, Soldier 76 can't kill me that fast, but for some reason, Sombra can't. I've been playing her more lately just to figure it out. And what I have found is that it's all about the hacking first. You got to hack an adversary and then shoot them. And apparently they've made it so like when a particular character is hacked, they're more susceptible to damage. If you just shoot them without hacking them, she's exactly the same as before. We're like, you know, she'll get, she's really squishy and that sort of thing. However, in terms of playing Sombra, you know how she has those little, little teleporter things that she Mm -hmm. can throw out. Half the time that it doesn't work for me. Like, like I'll throw one out and I'll go run and I'll like, you know, hack somebody and I'll start shooting. And if I see my, my health is going down, I'm like, Oh, I better do, I better activate it. Instead of like <laughs> teleporting back to where the thing was, I'll throw out a brand new one. I'm like, Ugh. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> what the heck? Like, like that, that does not supposed to happen. And so I'll get gunned down. Like, Aah! Just, just get shot. <laughs> you just like throw it at somebody. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I do too? I just out of desperation. It's like when I see it, I have that. Oh no. And then like, I'll just go ahead and teleport regardless. So I'll teleport like three feet. <laughs> and sometimes it's actually saved my skin. Like I've, I've been able to survive out of whatever kind of duel I was in. But again, I just, I, I have not figured that out hundred percent. I don't know if it's like a distance thing. Like, did they incorporate something new where like, Oh, um, if you're Sombra and you get beyond, you know, X amount of feet, then all of a sudden it deactivates itself. I do know that some people will shoot Sombra's teleporter and blow it up. So then, then you, you can't use that. That may be the case in certain instances, but there are other instances where, I mean, like, I would throw that down pretty close to, like, where our home base is. I'm thinking, what are the odds that, like, one of the enemies would, would trek all the way to the other side of the map and find my little... Th- I don't know. So, I'm still... Like I said, it's it's still kind of a work in progress. I still need to fix Zariah, though. Oh, my gosh. That's another one that's OP. Like, she was already OP as far as I'm concerned in Overwatch 1. And now, like that, that's like that weird bubble thing that she does. The they, shield, yeah. Instead of one, they give her two in Overwatch 2. I'm like, who okayed that? Like, she's just running around like almost invincible. Yeah, and if you're in range, you're done. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, There's really nothing you can do. I mean, if you're so, uh, if you're Moira, mm-hmm. like, you have to lock onto somebody, but it drains very slowly. Um, versus, uh, what was the character you were just talking about with the, with the guns and the teleporter and the, uh, what's her face? Sombra? S- not Sombra. Um, uh, the girl who, um, who activates the huge shield. Symmetra? Symmetra. So remember how in the beginning, Symmetra had that weapon that she would just lock onto you. And as long as she's locked onto yeah. you, it'll start wasting more and more and more and damage until you were done. Uh, that's kind of the same thing with with with, with Moira uh, along that line. If you can lock on, but it doesn't waste more and more in power quickly. It just, it wastes it really slow. Well, and again, that's a, that's a prime example of what I was describing, which was that they took what Symmetra had in terms of that right. that that laser beam thing that would kind of like latch on and like you know it would basically search for whoever was close to you, and they gave it to Moira. Yeah. But they let Symmetra still have kind of like that buildup of damage over time. And again, I'm just like, that was Symmetra's thing. Like, why are we constantly stripping 
that character of all these things that make her unique and instead like, oh, we're going to put it to, you know, give it to that person. And by the way, speaking of that thing with Moira, Mm -hmm. so like today, for instance, I was playing as Farrah. I'm in the air. I then do um, my uh, ultimate. No, it's it's the the kind of the dash, the jump dash. Oh, just like the catapult. Yeah, catapult thing. So I'm already in the air and I go whoosh. So I'm basically like almost as high as I can go, right? She can still damage me when I'm that high in the air from the ground. Like we're not even talking about, oh, she's on like a staircase. Like, no, she's (laughs) on the cobblestones and she can still damage me. I'm thinking, okay, you have a beam that auto locks. And on top of that, apparently it is super duper long. Like the, the reach on that thing is a bit much. Like, again, you guys need to like cut about 25% off of that <laughs> distance because it's just, it's just too much. Like, I don't understand like why they felt compelled to make all these changes that I don't know. They just, they seem to like unbalance the game. So with Farah, I have a question. Yes. Farrah was the only one where, like, if you were close to a wall, right, and like you were trying to peek through to, to shoot a rocket, and you actually just blew the rocket up in front of yourself, right, you would damage yourself. Correct. Versus like Junkrat, if he's just lobbing grenades and grenades, he's grenades, okay. and like he is absolutely fine and flawless. Even like he can even step on a mine and blow it up. Doesn't get hurt whatsoever. Which is really funny because when he dies, then he has all these like explosives that just explode afterwards. But I mean, it's not like he gets hurt right. by them. Yeah. But so he can survive all these explosions with not a nick on him. But Farah used to get hurt. Does she still get hurt? Yes. Whatever. Yeah, I I don't know. I'm not I'm not a particular fan of that myself. My thing is that Farrah is so squishy. Like, I love the idea of, of her being able to fly around, that sort of thing. But, like, she's one of the very few characters that when she's doing her ultimate, she's still. Like, you can't move when, she, I mean, you, I think you, the, way, the most you can do is kind of rotate like this. But you are stationary for five to seven seconds, whatever, however long it lasts. So you're incredibly vulnerable at that time. But also, too, like, I just feel as though she's too squishy and her rockets are not powerful. Like, or I should say are not powerful enough because it's like, you know, you look at all the different weapons out there, like Soldier 76, he has like basically an assault rifle. It's a futuristic assault rifle. So he's shooting out these bullets and stuff like that. Plasma rifle, Russ. I mean, my thing is like like the splash (laughs) damage, for example, of Farah. I think needs to be bigger. They need to widen the AOE damage on the, those rockets when they go down, because there are certain instances where like I'd be launching those things out. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm seeing where they're landing. Like they're not far from the enemy and yet they're not taking any kind of damage when those types of strikes, uh, may, you know, connect or whatever. I don't know. Like, that's just another thing that I, that comes to mind as well. And really, like a lot of this stuff could be uh, could be remedied. But um, what are your thoughts on the battle pass, Steve? I'm not a big fan of battle pass. I've never been a fan of the battle pass type stuff, Russ. Um, I I honestly like the loot box. I never I never paid for the loot box, but it meant something when when you gained a level. I totally forgot that. <laughs> that you never paid for loot boxes because you earned quite a few of them. Yeah, I, I know. I mean, but that was like the the point of like getting a level because you would you would get this rank higher. Okay, cool. And then you get the loot box. Yeah. Well, what's in the loot box? Okay, they give you K 
cash. They gave you skins. They gave you emotes. They gave you like little, you know, voices to say and icons and whatever. There's tons of stuff in there. Yeah. Um, and there was many levels to gain throughout the game. And of course, many loot boxes to get. So I thought, okay, well, none of this stuff helps me either way. So I did like, oh, I'm not going to buy it, but um, I enjoy getting them. It was like an old perk. <laughs> so the battle pass... There's like barely any free stuff. I've never seen any credits so far. It's like, oh, you got a new icon. Here you go. You know, <laughs> like whatever. I mean, okay, I got a new skin for Winston once, right? Okay, whatever. Um, but it just takes out the excitement. Yeah, I was going to ask you, like, how many items have you actually unlocked and been able to use in Overwatch 2? Like three. So they do have things that are available to they have folks some, who don't buy the battle pass. They have every once in a while they have a free something. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I just kind of like getting credit or earning credit and then using that credit to go buy what I want to buy. Mm -hmm. And now that's all taken away. And so when I play the game, there's no point in getting a level. There's no point in going, oh, you know, I wanted to get more. Maybe I'll try harder next time mm -hmm. to get more experience because I can't use the experience. Um, you know, it's kind of a downer in a way. Um, I have found, too, that uh, there really, at least to my knowledge, aren't any ways to accumulate more gamer credits. You know, in Overwatch 1, like like if you, for instance, with the loot box, like, like you, what you just mentioned, you could perhaps open up and, and gain like some gamer credits and then you could apply to getting a skin or something to that effect. Right. However, like and for me, like I have purchased the Battle Pass. And part of the battle pass, I believe, is they they gave me like 2,000 credits or something, which are actually different. If you noticed, they have like the grandfathered in old credits, but you can't actually combine those with the, with the, the new Overwatch 2 credits, which to me, again, it's like, guys, come on. Like, <laughs> that's pretty cheap. Yeah. Like, like the battle pass system that you have in place, you're clearly going to have multiple seasons over time where you're going to be introducing more and more content. Like, you know, people are going to, if, if it's quality stuff, people are going to spend their credits on this and they're eventually going to run out. So I don't know. That, that was kind of one of the things to where I'm like, really guys, <laughs> we're just going to try this out. Yeah. We're just going to try it. Many people are going to buy it anyway. You know, it's, <laughs> Money. Well, and then on top of that too. So, so this is the kind of the funny thing is, is they 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 grandfather in the old gamer credits that you can't use on any right. of the Overwatch two content. But then on top of that, any of the Overwatch one content that happens to be like uh, Chinese New Year or like the the Overwatch Origins or the Olympics or basically any of those like you know, uh, limited time opening kind of things, Halloween, sure. winter, you know, that kind of stuff. You can't actually unlock them. You have to wait until that time period like activates and then you can go. So it's like, okay, let me get this straight. <laughs> so I can't, I can't spend my Overwatch 1 gamer credits and Overwatch 2 content. So that's already limiting it because I had, you know, I had something like, I don't know, 6,000 gamer credits, you know, something like that. And then I could have combined that with the other two. Sure. And, you know, at that point, I have had like 8,000, which, you know, at the end of the day, I could probably buy like, I don't know, three to four skins. Whoop-de-doo. Uh, but I can't do that. 
And then on top of that, like even though you you've put up a, a paywall in that regard, on top of that, I can't even like go through. And I know that that they had this like kind of um, as like a last last um, limited time offer kind of thing before Overwatch Two started. I said, oh, you know, you can go in and you can you know with your stuff, you can go and buy whatever you want. Well, the thing is, is that there are so many things to look through. Like I personally don't just look at the skins. I mean, right. I love the the highlight intros. I love the voice lines. I love uh, the emotes. And I mean, there, there's a lot, especially I think they have now, I think they have somewhere in the vicinity of 33 to 35 uh, heroes. I mean, that's an awful lot of heroes to go through. So anyway, I wasn't able to actually go through and pick stuff. But then like once I started playing Overwatch 2 and, and you happen to be like sifting through everything, you know, I saw some stuff. I was like, oh, I totally want that. And that was from Overwatch 1, but I can't buy it because it's not the right time. So not the end of the world, but at the same time, I'm just like, man, you guys have really like gotten strict <laughs> about this whole thing. Yeah. Anyway. But the game was free. Overwatch 2 is free. Yes. Whereas Overwatch 1, you had to pay for it. That's right. That's right. What did you think of the Halloween special? Yes, the Halloween special. So, uh, Junkenstein's Revenge has, mm-hmm. of course, got the graphics. Classic. Boost. Yeah, always a fun game. Uh, but nothing, you know, obviously changed with that one. Still the same. Mm. Um, the Bride of Junkenstein is new. Yes. And uh, we are still in Eichenwaldi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's pretty yeah. clever, like, how they turn that map into something yeah. else, more of a story mode. Yeah. And uh, I, I I do like the story that they give. I mean, before it was just, like, the narrator telling you what's going to happen, and then it happens, and you're just in this square, mm-hmm. you know, arena, uh, versus this other one, where it's a, it's a whole on mission. I mean, you're walking through the entire map and downstairs and then up there, and you whatever you got to do, you got to find keys, you got to unlock doors, you got to do this, that, and the other. Um, and I I don't know, I I like it. I think it's pretty fun. Yeah. Um, it's I a think, glimpse into like what could be in terms of the PVE stuff. Um, I do think so. It kind of goes back to the loot boxes, though, because like in Junkenstein's Revenge, you were tempted to uh, like play harder difficulty because you'd get more experience at the end, mm-hmm. and you want to do better. But now that's kind of gone away, and so when you when you go back to like Bride of of Junkenstein, there was almost no point in, in doing it harder. I guess I mean other than just to brag, but I mean once you've played it and you know all what's going to happen and mm. nothing else happens. I think it just kind of, I don't know, runs a little shallow. That was part of the replayability with Overwatch 1 was the idea that they had all these free skins that essentially all you had to do was play through that mode several times and then you would slowly but surely unlock all these different types of uh, loot. And it was fun because... It was free. It gave you something to work towards. And on top of that, like it created more of, of a replayability interest that I think helped in terms of gamer engagement with the Overwatch title overall. But yeah, I mean, like, like if my understanding now is that you don't really get anything at all. It's more right. like, like you said, like maybe it's bragging rights. We tried, by the way, playing on hard. Uh, for that and got destroyed. I don't, it is incredible to me 
to watch people who are tremendously better at this yeah. game than we are because especially like where they have these these difficulties ratcheted to i mean it, it's 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 a wondrous thing because clearly like they think that people can get through hard mode they had two additional difficulties on top of that and i'm just thinking <laughs> How are these people able to do that? And, and I think that there is a special breed of gamer that has been able to master Overwatch and its characters because, you know, like like when I think of when we're like, if we get matched against like some other group that is clearly better than we are, we're like, they just wipe the floor with us and we couldn't even like put a dent into their team or whatever, you know, like, on the one hand, that's frustrating, but at the same time, you, you you look at them and you're like, they're just on a higher echelon. They're like, like for some reason, they are really, really gifted at the game. And so, I mean, those those difficulty modes are more for them. But I, but I, I just have to add that when it came to Junkenstein's Revenge, we were able to, to defeat that game mode on hard. Yeah. And I think, I'm not sure if we could do it on the one above it or not. Like, we may have been able to do it once. Yeah. But it got pretty intense at that point. Yeah. Well, Junkenstein's Revenge is, is once everybody understands where all the Zomniks come out, mm -hmm. then you can pretty much lock down. Like, the middle is a little bit hard because the Zomniks have a lot of room to just kind of waver back and forth, left and right, whatever. Um, and on the right side, when they come down that little you know, waterbed, um, you know, barely anyone's ever looking on that side, but on the left, I mean, if you're a Torbjorn or Sword of 76, anybody, any of them, you, you can have that whole left side buttoned down. Yeah. It doesn't really matter how hard it is, which means three other players can just concentrate on the left in the middle. Uh, and so everybody does that and everyone saves their ultimate till the right time. Reaper goes down and, and, uh, Roadhog goes down and I mean, it's, Symmetra goes down. I mean, they, they all pretty much keep falling. Um, so uh, that that that's that makes it a bit easier. I mean, yeah. So the Zomnix have a little bit more hit points, or you or you do less damage, or something like that. Uh, that I've noticed. But um, either way, um, when everybody knows what they're supposed to do, it just make it easier. It does make it easier yeah. for sure. And I like being in. Um, the Halloween spirit, you know, I, I like being in that mode with the game. Every time if there's like one of those um, kind of limited time features, it's always fun. And you know what? Back in Overwatch One, they would change the loot boxes around, so you wouldn't you wouldn't be like the same exact. They were thematic. They were thematic, and so you'd get like the jack o' lantern, and that would come down, and all the kind of candy <laughs> would fall out of it. Yeah, and then the whole thing would like blow up. Yeah. You know, I thought that was awesome. It was, yeah, and, and I think that's part of the the charm and the personality overall of Overwatch One was that there was so much character and they were self-aware of like how these things worked where like it's almost like like they they understood the, the like kind of the concept of like this live like i don't know it's like i don't want to say ecosystem but it's like the game itself just felt current it felt alive and part of that has to do with little things like that like little nuanced things where like 
if it was Halloween, like the loot boxes would change into like little pumpkin jack-o'-lantern kind of things, right? Versus like if it was Christmas time, you'd have like you know, clearly a, a Christmas present that was a loot box that would open up. And they had like fun little thematic music that would play sure. when you'd open one of those things up. And over, I feel as Overwatch 2 is missing that. I, I, let's talk about the loot box. <laughs> So loot boxes, oh boy, loot boxes were a surprise hit uh, when it came to Overwatch One, mm. and everybody loved them. Everybody yeah. loved the loot boxes. Literally, Surely. like 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 the only kind of like negative experience that one would have is if you were to open a loot box and maybe you got like repeats of like things you already owned. Or maybe like you open it up and all you got were like sprays and like a voice line or something. You're like, oh, that was kind of lame. But it was offset by the fact that you could get these <clears> other <throat> types of loot boxes that had great skins or emotes or highlighting. I mean, like it was just crazy what's going down the list. And um, and I know that, that they did away with the loot box system because of the gambling issues that were going on because essentially you had to buy... Um, these these loot boxes with real money. Well, you didn't have to. You didn't have the to. Option. Yeah, there's the option. That's true. And my thing is, is I wish that they had left the loot box system in. Just don't force people to have to buy them. Have, have there be no option whatsoever to be able to buy the loot boxes. Sure. That takes care of the gambling side of things. Yeah. But still support. Ha like, have this environment where, like, yeah, like, you know, you're playing around for a while. Maybe you do some cool stuff you unlock a uh, like a, an achievement or like maybe you complete some challenges get a loot box like you know it comes down it's randomized i mean who sure. knows what, what what you know and they, and they can figure out the percentages of like likelihood right where you don't have to like only have like free stuff in there put some like really nice kind of you know battle passy kind of stuff maybe one or two items with a like an extremely rare percentage so it's not like everybody can unlock it but like you know a small group of people are like oh man i just got this <laughs> super cool thing i'm all <laughs> pumped up again you know tell everybody about it yeah exactly i mean i i think that's the dopamine hit right it's like you you want people to like it, it, I don't know. You want you want them to be encouraged to keep playing because there's nothing better than when, like, say you just finished a match. It doesn't matter if you won the match or you lost. Even if you lost the match, you get you're like, oh, you lost. I'm sorry. Here's a loot box. I'm <laughs> uh, sitting over thanks. in the corner, licking your wounds. You're like, yeah. oh man. I just, oh, oh, loot box. <laughs> <laughs> then you'd open it. All the streamers would come out and be like, some will be regular, some will be purple, some will be yellow. Yes, yeah. legendary. I'm oh. so happy again. Yeah. I want to play some more. <laughs> exactly. And that's what it should encourage is like, hey, we want you to play our game. See, what it kind of boils yeah. down to is depending on how long the battle pass lasts, you're going to have to buy another battle pass yeah. and another battle pass. And another, so like they're going to gain a lot more money oh, than, sure. than just like you spending 60 bucks in the game. Now, I will say that... People like myself, I mean, I spent hundreds of dollars nice, on the first Overwatch Good buying loot boxes job. because, but again, the key here is, is that I loved the quality content, mm. you know, going through Overwatch, like they had so many skins that were just triple A, they were fantastic. I mean, we would be marveling at them 
time and time again, like, oh, look at this one. And you were like rotating the hero and just taking in all the details and the TLC that the Blizzard team right. put into it. Or maybe it was a highlight intro or maybe it was an emote or maybe even like, you know, voice lines. But the point is, is that, and, and we talked about this too, is that we are willing, or I am anyway, I'm willing to reward handsomely in a monetary sense to develop, you know, dev teams that actually put thought into the content. Mm. If the content is more of a cash grab or it's just lacking in, in, in quality content, that's going to turn people like me away. But as long as like, I mean, in Overwatch came out in 2016, I would say until about 2020, 2021, 2021-ish, but I would say 2016, 2020, for like four years, you had a prolific amount of content that they made and, you know, we got to enjoy. That's right. You know what else, Russ? That's my really last thing because we got we to gotta get to the, we got to get to the werewolf. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? We got to keep it. Um, with the new characters, mm-hmm. when you're in the hero gallery, uh-huh. you can actually go over and watch the little movie that they've made. That's right. Which is very, very nice. I don't, I don't want to get out of the game mm. and then open up YouTube mm-hmm. and then search for the thing and then scroll through. Oh, there it is. Yeah, click that one. I want to watch it in the game. Uh-huh. And so I thought, okay, so you have it for all the new characters. Fine. What if I want to go watch Reinhardt's one a little yeah. again? That's one of my favorites. Yeah. You know, or what if I want to watch Doomfist over again? Totally. I mean, I love all those. I yeah. shouldn't have to go like search for every single solitary one of them on YouTube. It should be within the game. Yes. Something just so simple, but to me, it means a lot. It does. And I totally agree. I, I have noticed the same thing. And I would also love to see them incorporate those videos mm. t- with the various uh, a- accompanying heroes. Right. Well, let's pivot from that over to Werewolf by Night. This is a show on Disney Plus that was created by Marvel <clears> Studios. <throat> I have to say, I really enjoy this show. It's kind of ah, a standalone show. Yeah. Um, definitely harkens back to the classic mm. Hollywood days, the black and white movies. The horror movies. Yeah. The, yeah, it was the horror movies, but it was also clean. Like, like it, back in the day, they left more up to the viewer's imagination. They, they weren't just showing you straight up like things that were happening to victims or whatever. It was kind of like they had to be more clever about it. You know, I think they have, they were far more strict than uh, they are today with oh, regards sure. to like, you know, what can be shown, what cannot be shown. And, and I think, but that, that was cool. It was a healthy thing creatively because you could watch something like, you know, Alfred Hitchcock's psycho for example you didn't actually see anything happen but it was still like what the heck is going on and he had many other films that he was renowned for in terms of it being uh, maybe not necessarily horrific but definitely creepy or scary or or psychologically disturbing whatever it is and it's because he took the time to be able to really exercise some of these like filmmaker traits should we say that we're gonna get into spoilers russ i think we just put that out there I think that's a wonderful idea, Steve. We're going to have to warn everybody that there is, in fact, spoilers ahead. Yeah. <clears throat> so consider yourself warmed. Not warmed. Warned. Well, we, we do want you to be warm. That's true. And it is getting cold outside. That's true. But be warm and warned. Couldn't say Simultaneously. It. Couldn't have said it better myself, <laughs> Steve. Thank you. That's why I have you here. Oh, boy. It's like put a blanket on. And be cautious. 
Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of the, the show? Yeah, Russ, uh, what did I think of it? Um, ah, what did you think of the show? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell you. So uh, in the beginning, it was a bit boring, I thought. I think, I think it... it, it <laughs> Are you done? Ah, I love you. Uh, okay. <laughs> oh, I'm a little red. Oh boy. Uh, laugh. I like to laugh hard, Rose. I like to it's laugh. If I had to die laughing, belly laugh. Haven't you ever heard of the healing power of laughter? Yeah, right. That was from the. First Batman, in case you didn't know, they have a little laughing pack in his jacket. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, Werewolf by Night. Um, uh. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> in the beginning, it was a bit slow. I was like, okay, what's well, let's just pick it up. What's happening here? You know, like the main character is is like this nice dude. He's looking around and all like the trophy heads on, you know, the mounted on the wall and whatever. And you're meeting like the you know the ragtag group of people who have to go kill your your buddy Motley Crew. Yeah. Um, well, I actually, when it comes to that, uh, well, well, go ahead and finish your thought, and we'll come back. Go ahead. No, Russ, please, please, Just go right ahead. Well, I was gonna say we could spend some time talking about the different Motley Crew members, but. I didn't want to T-bone your, sure. your high level. Please, please, uh, please, yeah, that, please uh, thank you. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Right. Thing. Go ahead. So uh, it really took a, some it's time to really build into something like entertaining. Yeah. You know, uh, I mean, with with the trailer, yeah, I knew it was going to harken back to like the old classic horror movies and stuff. I'm like, okay, cool, that's fine, but um, you have to give me a bit more than that, right? Um, and so in the beginning with the, with like that coffin opening and the guy's like, ah, yeah, you have to find a bloodstone. I'm like, you want me to do, is okay, this is a comedy or is this just for like funs and kicks or is this going to be a horror film or like wh- what exactly is happening here? Um, and so like, it really took like a lot, like probably halfway in. So when I thought, okay, you know, there's some action, there's some cool stuff that's happening. Um, so I was trying to figure out like what what you guys want this movie to be. Honestly, have you? Let me ask you this: Have you watched any of the old school classic Hollywood films, the black and white ones? Oh, a long time ago. Yeah, you like did Dracula and like the old like, ones, like Swamp Thing or something like that. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I mean, long time ago. Yeah, okay. I mean, not like when I was a little kid, but I mean, yes, I did watch them. It's been like probably twenty plus years but because the reason i ask is that i know that that the things that that you're hitting on are things that have become kind of synonymous with that time period of films and horror movies and stuff and part of that also had to do with some of the creativity so you know like 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 the person coming out of the coffin thing to me that was kind of a hybrid of kind of, I don't know, kind of a wink and a nod toward the fact that the, the, the special effects back then were not very good. Right. So they were, they were riffing off of that. But also, too, they had fun with, like, I've been to different house of, I don't know if they're necessarily house of horrors, but like, essentially, like, 
there are these different collectors that you could see. Um, they had like the, this interest in kind of the, the creepy zany off the wall, weird, just maybe disturbing to a certain extent, but also in a way they're kind of weirdly comical. So I, I think that that's also part of that as well. I've, I thought that that, that particular thing fit in quite nicely because for us being a modern audience, I feel as though, you know, we've become so conditioned to like, if we're watching a horror movie, like we're going to be expecting just like crazy visceral violence and gore and blood sure. and that sort of thing. And so like, for instance, in this movie or show, okay, I guess I call it a show. It's, it's a movie. Oh, sure. We'll call it a movie. It's not episode one. It's a movie. That's true. That's true. Not very long movie, but. The, one of the biggest strengths of the movie was how they did this great job of building things up. They built the tension up in a variety of different ways. Sure. So like the coffin thing, for example, like, you know, it's the whole like, well, what's in the coffin? Who's in the coffin? What's going to happen when they, you know, they have that big old like ancient crank and they're opening it up. And, you know, I really, as a viewer, had fun being kind of leaning forward a bit, looking at you like, what's going to happen? You know, and, <laughs> and so it's fun because obviously Halloween itself is designed to, to be fun where we, we want to be tricked. We want to be treated. We want to like, you know, have the jump out scares, but also be able to laugh. And like, you know, it's, it's that kind of whimsical mischievous kind of uh, day or night, I should say. But yeah, I, I thought that was fun. I thought that um, the woman who played <clears throat> the, the widow, she was basically kind of the matriarch of this whole thing that, that, you know, the Motley crew was there for. And I thought that the actress did a superb job in playing that character because she really helped to build tension several times. I mean, just, just them walking out from that in, initial lobby area and then like going to like where the, the maze was, where they had to like basically prove their worth and sure. the last survivor and everything else. Even like her spiel that she was giving at that time and, and it was black and white and you saw like, like, you know, a couple of torches lit and stuff and they're getting ready to go one at a time. Again, like I bought into it. I was having fun with like, oh man, this is okay. Well, what's going to happen next kind of thing. And so it was fun because the show didn't take itself overly seriously. And at the same time, it was like, you know, there was this conscious effort to pay homage to what had come back in the day. So like, I don't know, on the one hand, it's like, oh, I wasn't as scared as I thought I'd be. But at the same time, I was smiling as I was like, man, this is so cool because this is totally like the old days. Yeah, but so, and I get that. Yeah. But I, I wanted there to be a bit more cool stuff happening also because like, okay, yeah, back then they didn't have the the, the special effects or the practical effects really that we have today. Mm -hmm. um, but today we have those. And so- like for example, we we if you take the the werewolf, yeah, right. So is Marvel introducing us to this, to this character because we're going to be seeing him later on? And if we're going to be seeing him later on, is he going to be looking like he looks here? Because it's one thing to go like, oh, we just released this one thing because we're having fun. It's a Halloween special, yeah, and whatever. And you're like, oh, okay, I get it. It's supposed to be not very good. You know, it's a really old style werewolf look, mm -hmm. um, but. It may work for actually. I don't even think it worked that well for for this one. I mean, if I if it was 1950, I'd be like, oh wow, those 
effects are pretty good. It's 2022 or borderline 2023. Yeah. Like make him look cooler for crying out loud. Especially if we're going to see him again, but they chose to go, okay, you know, we're going to put some hair on his arms and we're going to, he's going to look kind of the same face. Just going to make him, you know. Well, again, it, it's like how they used to do the, the, the makeup I, effects yeah, and stuff. And I get that. But if we're going to be seeing this character again and we're going to have to continue seeing him like that, that that to me it doesn't make me excited for the character uh-huh. really, um, but see that now the tension like for instance when they when they were in the cage and there sure. was the woman in there and you know I I love the buildup once again uh-huh. the buildup and the tension of like him coming over and like smelling her hair and arms and I stuff. actually really like that scene. that was a really cool yeah. uh, character trait um, just. I, I was not expecting him to do that. And I loved how he was explaining to her, like, I'm trying to like, remember who you are, you know, and one of the most primal ways of familiarity is through smell. Right. So that was, that was super cool. And then when the matriarch woman came in and basically forced him into being a werewolf, that also was just, again, it was great buildup where like, you know, you, you, all we were doing was having the slow dolly coming into the woman who was like just cowering in fear. And we, all we had to go off of was, was her face. And then his shadow, like every once in a while you'd see like from the lightning, like it would be changing on the brick walls. And then like he began to grow and his shadow took over her body, you know, like, so I just find myself as a movie buff really appreciating the thoughtfulness behind that because they were able to like, rinse and repeat that in different ways and I bought into it every time. It wasn't like I was getting tired of it or whatever. Anyway. Yeah. Again, I I see, I I understand what they were trying to do and I can appreciate it, but um, I just, I I want them to use a bit more of, like for example, if you were in the 1950s and you were watching this movie, would you want them to use the effects that they have in 1950s or would you have them go, oh, we can time travel to 2022 and we can use like incredible computer graphics. We don't even know what a computer is right now, but you know, um, or all even practical effects. Would you want that? Or would you want it just that what we have now? Right. And if I was in 1950, I'd go, man, you can make this like incredibly better. Yeah. Go ahead and do that. And they, and they brought out a CG character. I mean, it was, was it man thing or something like that? Or forgot what his Swamp name is thing or well, Swamp thing is, um, that's different. That that's different. His name is is something different. Uh, I can look it up. But um, anyhow, so he was all CG, right? Yeah. He wasn't a practical effects. Right. So they they did show that they could do a it. little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Um, and I'm not asking for like you know completely just everybody just you know Marvel Phase Three blowing up. You know, I, I don't need any of that. I just want um, the character um, just to look more appealing. You know. I can respect like um, when he grabs the old woman when he's still in the cage, the werewolf, mm-hmm. he grabs her and uh, you don't even know what he's doing to her arm. He's yeah. chewing on it. I mean, he, he was ripping people to shreds. So I'm like, okay, you grabbed an old woman by her arm. Are you eating it off? Like, what are you doing? But all you could see is like her eyes, like, zip it over, you know, yeah. uh, enough of that will make you, you know. <laughs> Like, okay, back away. I'm like, about to kiss her. You're so close. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, like her arm was completely fine, apparently. Um, yeah, I think that, that I think that her guards came in quick enough and started shocking them with their little baton rods or whatever those things, electrode thingies. 
She did such a good job, though. She did. Yeah. Her acting sold it. Like that was the thing. Is like it didn't matter if she was was setting the the scene to be scary or if she herself was in trouble or whatever. And she was such a despicable character too. Like you, we we kind of go through this character arc where we're learning about oh okay so her late husband was like the you know kind of the guardian or whatever. Like you know went out and and fought all these different uh, supernatural uh, creatures of the night kind of thing. But then you start to realize you're like, hey, this is it's kind of interesting because they they went with the whole like, you know, monster sympathy card where he himself, you know, he was there. We find out that the main protagonist is actually one of them and is trying to help his buddy out and stuff. And, you know, talking, I, I do want to talk about the Motley crew before we we veer off too far, just because I really liked who they had. I thought everybody was cast perfectly. I loved how different they all looked. I was immediately drawn into like the mystique of each one of those, those different hunters, right? You, know, you had the, like kind of the burly Scottish uh, barbarian guy. And, and you had like, you had that one woman who almost looked like Gozer from Ghostbusters. Yeah. Uh, all she, in white. Yeah, yeah. She looked really striking, really compelling. Um, you had uh, the Asian guy who was kind of a, I don't know if he was a monk uh, Shaolin monk or something like that. But anyway, you had him, you had another guy who was, I don't know where he, where he was from, but anyway, just a, a really like eclectic group of characters. A critique I have about the show is I wanted to get to know them more, right? Because they look so cool and they did such a good job of introducing them at the beginning of the show. But then it kind of, became one dimensional in terms of them just fighting each other for survival and to be the winner in order to have this great thing. And um, I think part of the problem was that most of that took place in that maze. Right. Like, like it was just the maze. And then there was a little residual fighting left over from the survivors that happened in this back in the same room, the staging room. But I kind of wanted there to be other <clears throat> locales within the property itself, because it looked like that she lived in some sort of grand castle or something. It would have been fantastic to be able to like have them, you know, maybe start out in the maze, but then all of a sudden find themselves back in the castle working around the towers and courtyards and who knows what. And it it just speaks to the Halloween thing. Right. But that, that leads me to uh, the other complaint I had, which is this, the, it was too short. It was. And so... Which is actually kind of a good thing because you know you were enjoying it when you're like, hey, that ended too soon. I wanted to see more. It, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying I didn't enjoy it, but... I mean, I'm just adding on to what you yeah, said. Yeah. So I wanted to see... I liked the characters in the beginning. I mean, um, like the, the the werewolf guy had a conversation with like the the, the Irish, you know, the axe-wielding dude. The Scottish guy. Scottish guy. Yeah. And, and so... I thought, okay, so there's some camaraderie here. Let's see how this goes, you know, plays out. And they just kind of battle each other. I was kind of hoping that there would be a little bit more. Um, maybe he would get to know all the characters a little bit, so we, w- we would find out how complex they were. Um, you know, maybe some of them were good, maybe some of them were evil. You know, we just never got the opportunity at all because as soon as two of them were on screen or three of them, they all kind of battled it out and somebody died. So I thought, okay, well, that's it. I mean, that guy had an awesome axe. Like I, I wanted to see him, you know, maybe take out some monster who came in there who wasn't the monster they were looking for. And, and see that that's kind of where my mind was as well, where 
I was kind of, on the one hand, I understand how they want to focus on just one monster because it's like, you know, all these people against this one very formidable monster. But at the same time, my mind was also thinking about how cool it would be to have multiple monsters that they were trying to face. But I mean, that's not a a deal breaker by any stretch. I think that they could certainly just use one monster. I think I just simply wanted there to be more of one-on-one duels, right? Like you get separated and we see uh, whether it's the werewolf or it's this other monster type or whatever, um, we actually get a chance to see them go to fisticuffs and square off and, and witness the prowess and the fighting style of sure. each one of, yeah. of these characters because each one looked like they had all kinds of ways to slay a beast. And it's like, man, we, we like barely got to see anything and actually half of what we saw was actually them fighting each other. Exactly. Which is, again, I like the idea of them turning on each other and fighting each other from time to time. I just didn't want that to be kind of the main event. I wanted there to be like maybe some of that sprinkled in here and there, but really like show off different things where maybe even like the, the monster gets injured in different ways and different capacities based off of different types of weapons or abilities that these other people have and go down that road. So, yeah. But instead we get Ted Jumping through the roof, or actually, he didn't want really jump through the roof with the, the Scottish guy, but he just kind of turned around and grabbed him by the head and burned him to pieces. I'm like, okay, peace out. <laughs> Next character, what do we got? You yeah. know, um, anyhow, you know, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And again, these, these critiques are not horrible. Crit- you know, right. They're not like like these horrible deal breakers ah. or things that, that we're upset about or anything like that. It's merely like, I think we identified mm. that they have this really, really good idea and we would have loved to have seen them maybe expand a bit further with it. Maybe they, you know, budget constraints, whatever. But <laughs> the point is, is that like it was legit, like like it was a very entertaining movie sure. and it was something that I think that both of us would would welcome if they were to come back for like a sequel or whatever else. But I don't know. I think especially be considering it's it's Marvel Studios and we're so used to them doing stuff that's very like CGI heavy, that's very modern, that's it's almost looking into the future in a way to actually take the time to like have fun going back in time basically utilizing a lot of the tricks of the trade back then and make something that that pays homage to that we can identify that as viewers and be like okay this is fun this is cool you know like i it's not it doesn't not everything that marvel has does has to be like of course not yeah i get it yeah it could help with a little bit better writing though too i'm just gonna throw that out there it's not like it was poor again but again it just feels like what are we trying to be are we are we trying to be 1950s writing and speech or are we trying to be modern or are we trying to mesh them but if we're trying to mesh them why aren't we using other stuff that's just part of the thing that I, I just thought okay what like pick a line and go with it I you did know? appreciate the accents like I, I loved how we had a guy yeah. who had a Scottish accent sure, I love the, the guy the main character who had more of a like a South American accent mm. um, you know even mm. the the matriarch didn't have too much of an accent, but she definitely had something that would be thrown back to more of the 1950s. I do wish the daughter 
had a transatlantic accent. Yes. That is one of the, the misfires, I feel like, is that she sounded too contemporary. She sounded she, too modern. I wanted her to say, you know, sound like the whole, like, you never get the best of me, see? You know, like, like just <laughs> that kind of exactly. inflection with, with the voice. That would have been a lot of fun. Yes. Um, and then give more speaking parts to, like, the, like the, the monk character or any of the other ones that, that they had there, you know, because, again, they were very interesting archetypes that were introduced to us. And it's like, Oh man, I wanted to like watch them longer than, than they lasted kind of thing. So yeah, especially at the end when she's like, when she talks to the Butler, you're like, Oh, I just want to serve you. Just like pick your shit up. And I'm like, what? yeah, what? No, you're writing again. We're just, uh, you know, yeah. I don't know. I, so they, they could have said something that was very reminiscent of like the 1950s. Exactly. Or 60s. Because again, like you can't underestimate the writing skills back in the day because they oftentimes were not able to use cussing and that sort of thing. Exactly. But like the, uh, the cleverness that they would do were like, they would sling these certain insults. And if you, I mean, you, you as a viewer had to really pay attention to what was being said because there were double entendres like crazy. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So, yeah, no, it was, like I said, it, was, it definitely had a very strong foundation. It was fun to watch. I mean, if they were to go, I think it was only 40 or 45 minutes long. Not more than, well, yeah, probably, I think it was like 50, but not long, not, not long enough. I mean, it should have been, it, it should have been an, an hour and a half at least. Yeah, an hour and a half Because that least. would have really given, I think, room for all the, the different things we're talking about. Yeah. Steve, how many uh, stars would you give this particular show? Well, Russ, um, this one, I'm going to give it a 2.5. 2.5. I'm going to give it a 2.5 only because like uh, you, you personally, when you see it once, you've just kind of seen, you've it. seen it. You've yeah. seen it. I don't know if it doesn't really have any replayability uh, uh, to me. And I think, again, I would like it to be longer. I felt like they did a lot of the characters in injustice by just kind of offing them and that's it. Okay. I mean, so you're giving me a bunch of throwaway characters. I want to like everybody that you're showing me. You spent time casting these people, writing their lines, make me like them. Mm -hmm. And I felt I like, like them. I started to like them a little bit and then they were gone. Poof. There we go. Okay. Well, I guess I didn't care that much. Maybe they didn't care that much. I don't know. The two main characters, though, uh, actually, I should say really three because it's the girl and, of course, our werewolf and, and Ted. I did really like, um, I mean, it's the whole kind of like Chewbacca thing. You can yeah. talk to him. You know, he doesn't, you know, I have no clue what he's saying, but only a few characters do. Uh, I like that. I like that it was in black and white. Um, I like the idea that Disney had with the whole thing. I really, really do. I just think, I think... It just seems lately like Disney has these great con conceptual ideas and then they assign the wrong writers to it or not enough writers or not enough talent. And then it, it just feels like it's topsy-turvy and it could have been better with better writers, mm -hmm. I guess. Um, and so it, it, it just leaves a, a little bit of a disappointment feeling. But I will say that uh, if they make another movie, like maybe it's going to be a year from now, maybe next Halloween... I'm totally down to see it. Mm -hmm. I hope it's not going to take that long, but you know, most likely we're going to have to wait. Um, but, uh, but yeah. Mm. How about you? I think you're probably going to be a little higher than me. Right? You're very good. Yeah, maybe a little higher. Higher there, Steve. Five stars. <laughs> <laughs> I 
share uh, a lot of the, the, the similar things that, that you just spoke about. You know, I, I didn't know really what to expect when I came into this. I, I watched the trailer. I was very caught by the striking black and white approach. And not only was it black and white, but also it, was, it became very apparent through the trailer that, wow, okay, they, they're embracing the old school 1950s, 1960s style of horror. And watching it, I felt like like there were certain strengths to it, such as um, like the lead in was great. I loved watching the protagonist come in. We didn't know who he was. We just we were kind of witnessing in real time what he was witnessing. We got to be introduced to this motley crew of characters, all of which looked super interesting, uh, really appealing, had that sense of mystique to each of them. The matriarch lady did a fantastic job acting. Her lines, I thought, were uh great and uh, she really sold on that that building of tension that was going on so that was a great thing i do agree in in the sense that i wanted to see more of um kind of a, a build out of these various motley crew of characters as like like we talked about and i think in terms of the movie length it was too short i would have loved to have watched an hour and a half to two hour long film as it you know applies to the various types of opportunities that, that we feel uh, were missed. So looking at those things, I would say I would probably give it 3.5 stars oh. just because, you know, it was original. It uh, was original yeah. from, especially from um, uh, Mar Marvel studios. Mm. And also a lot of, of the things that they did. I just, I've, I've always appreciated when people can look back and, you know, it's, it's not necessarily paying respects to, but just there is a genuine interest in wanting to recapture some segment of time back in the day that corresponds to where we are today within that industry. So when it comes to movies, like that is the bedrock that was built upon that got us to where we are today. And I just, I don't know. I always love that. I love how someone comes up with like a, a quirky idea like that. Hey, wouldn't it be fun to like do this thing? It wouldn't be a tremendous amount of money in the budget. I mean, that budget could not have been that much. I mean, exactly. I, I would say most of the budget probably went toward the CGI character. <laughs> right. Uh, but at the same time, like, like looking at, at the, the cast, great casting decisions, Really, I just, I think at the end of the day, I wanted to see more, but what was there was fun to watch. And to your point, I don't know how many times I'd rewatch it, but there may be like in the future, I might watch it here and there. It definitely is one of those types of films where like the, the best viewing is the first time because you just don't know what sure. to expect. And they designed that, they, they designed this journey on purpose for the viewers to be able to like, what's going to happen next? Can I trust this person? Is this person going to like turn on the other one? Is this person going to survive? What, you know? By the time you watch it, then it's like, okay, well, we, we kind of know what's up. Right. But that wraps up this episode of Joyagasm. We thank you for hanging out with us. If you enjoyed this episode, we invite you to check out patreon.com slash joygasm, where you can enjoy exclusive perks and early access to the show, not to mention it financially helps us continuing the podcast. Also, make sure you click on that subscribe button as well as that notification bell. That way, you will not miss a single solitary episode of Joygasm that drops once a week, each week. And while you're at it, you could do a search for at TV on your favorite social media platform of choice. We're on all of them. Last but not least, 
Do a search for Joygasm TV on Twitch to see us stream our gaming adventures live every Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Central Time. We hope you all have a very fun and safe Halloween. And we'll catch you next week. <laughs>